0: Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. (laughs)
1: Let's pray. Um, Father, we thank you for this opportunity to share your word with your people. I pray for your anointing. It is the anointing that makes a difference. So I receive your anointing to be able to minister to your people. Help me to minister your word. Holy Spirit, think through my mind, speak through my lips. I thank you that together we are a dynamic duo and we flow together. And I follow after you, Holy Spirit. We do whatever the Father has commanded and whatever Jesus has anointed me for. Together you and and I, Holy Spirit, will make a difference in this service. As we tackle this new series, I thank you that lives are forever eternally changed. And wherever this message goes, I thank you that it'll outlive me and that it'll, it'll minister to people. When I'm in the grave, when my body's in the grave, I'm with you. I thank you for helping me to leave a legacy of faith for the world to follow after. Holy Spirit, help me to produce works that will endure Jesus's fire. I want to produce eternal fruit, fruit that remain in Jesus' name. Give unto your people the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards them that believe. Thank you for utterance. Thank you for the gifts of the Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Who said amen? Oh, uh, Galaxy. She's like, you're praying too long. Uh, <laughs> um, I trust you are blessed by the wealth building for the kingdom series. I had fun preaching it um, and was encouraged about our covenant of prosperity. And I am more aware of that God, um, our God is providing for us than anything else. And I want us to walk in the fullness of what the Lord has provided. Uh, my, my bishop, Bishop. Herbert Bailey said, "Keep on preaching prosperity," and so I'm grateful for spiritual leaders such as he, such as he is, and I want y'all to put those things in remembrance. I mean, into practice, and 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 you'll begin to see fruit. Um, The Lord doesn't give us stuff so that we can hear it just once, but again and again and again. And so I want you to go back and listen to it. I challenge you to even listen to it once a month. Um, That will bless you and and pump
2: faith in you. So, what would happen if you listen to it once a week for the next year, and you apply what you heard, um,
1: you'll be in a different place. So, with that said, uh, I'm so, we started a new series called the People's Series. Um, the first sermon is the beginning, and these graphics are just out of this world. Let's take a look at that. Wow, look at that. Um, you know, it, it looks like um, like salad.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you,
1: you can just eat now some some spinach or something going on there. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna dive into this and um th- this this sermon came about several different ways. Um something I've been thinking about for years. So just to let you know, no series usually are they're not it's not by um a whim, but it it, it develops over years. For me, now there are a couple, a few of them that I'll get inspiration right away, but this one came through a series of conversations, of music, sermons, and, com- and, um, and conversations. So um, we're really going to dive into the people series. How many know that people are important to the Lord? People are important, and, and as student, as a student of the Word of God and an avid reader. I read a lot of theological books and I'm still reading them now and often have heard the term man-centered gospel. Have you ever heard that term? Mm -hmm. Man-centered gospel. And um, I want to tackle that. Uh, Many people have made reference to that and some have presented that there should be Christ-centered gospel or God-centered gospel. And I believe in those things and those things are good. And I believe that they have the right place and right focus. But, and then I've heard people say, it's all about Jesus. It's all about God. How many have heard that? Mm-hmm. It's all about Jesus. And, and, and I've heard hundreds of sermons about that. It's all about Jesus. And there's elements of truth to that. And I, I don't want us to not, to not get our eyes upon Jesus, off of Jesus. And I've heard people say that the Bible is all about God. I, I, I don't believe that 100%. I believe the Bible is about God and people. So I want to present to, to you some things I believe the Lord has revealed to me by his word and his spirit that it isn't all about Jesus. Now, uh, before you leave, <laughs> uh, um, I, 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 want, I want to kick over some sacred cows. Some things that we have put up in church, and and um, in the sense, yes, it's all about God, it's all about Jesus. But I I want to kind of focus on some things. Uh, I remember months ago I was praying this, and some of y'all were here, and I was praying like, Lord, um, think to my mind, Holy Spirit, speak to my lips, and I prayed, none of me, but all of you. And the Holy Spirit stopped me. How many remember that? And said. Don't stop praying that because it's not, it's not all me. God uses my vocabulary. He uses my mind and my personality and my corny jokes. So it's not all about the Lord. Because I, mean, I believe the Lord, he, he got some wonderful jokes. So if they're corny, it's, you know, and so, <laughs> I, I, and so it's not all him. Um, so I, I, I will pray, Lord, I pray none of me but all of you. That's error. William Seymour, Daddy Seymour, used to put a bag over his head because he didn't want people to see him for Christ.
2: That sounds good, but people need to see your face, you know, when I minister. Um,
1: some of this is really false humility, and, 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 I, and, I, and, I, and I, I have a degree in false humility. <laughs> um, people have said... Um, Oh, it's all about, it's all Him. And people say, good word. Oh, it's all Jesus. All glory goes to God. I think it's okay to say thank you. You know, um, there's a scripture in Corinthians that says that God will praise us. That changed my life as a teenager. God doesn't worship us, but He does praise us. We praise our kids, right? Good job. When we, when we have done all that we've done for Christ and we've done a job well done, He's going to say, thy good and faithful servant. Well done. (laughs) So there's going to be some praises. I don't want them to say, you know, you barely made it (laughs) in. But I want them to say, well done. I want them to praise me. The word praise just simply means speak well of. So we're not to praise, we're not to worship people, but we are to praise people in the sense of affirming them and speaking well of them. Last week I was saying, when I was talking about prosperity, I said said this. Oh, don't worry about I'm not taking up our offering. Y'all remember me saying that? And, and inside, the Spirit of God said, it'll be okay if you did. Ah. <laughs> In my mind, I was like, oh, no, I'm not, you know. But he, but he said to me on the inside of me, it'll be okay if you did. And so we are co-laborers with God. So it isn't just all him, but it's us working with him. You know, I know we've prayed prayers like this. I, I have. Lord, save so-and-so. The scripture tells us Jesus said, Pray that God will send laborers. So it's not just God saving someone because he's already made provision for their salvation. They need to hear it. Amen. And God uses people to get his gospel across to other people. He doesn't use angels. You remember, Cornelius was a just man uh, in the eyes of God. He wasn't born again, and yet, he offered, he gave alms to the poor, gave offerings to the poor, to the point that it got God's attention as an unsaved person. And an angel appeared to him, right, and said that, I'm, I'm going to send somebody to come and share the gospel with. So why didn't the angels just preach to him? Because angels don't preach. People do. Hey. Angels will never come and preach to you, but people will. And so God uses people. So together, we're co-laborers with him. God uses people to accomplish his will on the earth. And if God didn't need you or want you, you wouldn't be here right now. I, I, I did say God needs you and God wants you. He needs you to be a mouthpiece for him. He needs you to be a life that glows, a life that shines. He needs your prayers. If if, if it's just all and the word sovereign is not in the Bible, and there's a lot of misrepresentation of what it means to that God is sovereign, God sovereignly saves someone. No, he used somebody to pray for the individual. He used somebody to go and minister the gospel to them. So it's not just God sovereignly doing things, he uses people. What are we called, church? Come on. What are we called? The body. And so it's not just the head. My head needs the body. <laughs> I, I can think wonderful things, have wonderful plans, but if my hands are not doing what they're supposed to do, my feet, my heart, my blood, my liver, come on. All of those things are working together to do the will of my mind. And so Jesus has a will, and so we are his body. Come on, I, I need y'all to elevate in your thinking that it's not just all of God. Christianity, is there's a Godward side and there's a human side. And we together are working with God. God uses our prayers. God uses our life. He uses our money. He uses our praise, our knowledge.
2: So stop belittling yourself by acting yourself out of the equation as it relates to your place in the world. Colossians says this, Christ in you, the hope of glory.
1: Christ is inside of us. So I want to submit to you that it's not just all about God, but it's about God and his people. Mm-hmm. It is a people-centered gospel. Amen. So when people say man-centered, uh, yes, I fall into that category. It, it, it
2: really is, because God doesn't need the gospel to save mm-hmm. God doesn't need saving, we do. And so
1: Daniel asked me the other day, what is man-centered gospel? I had a conversation with Pastor Brandon Johnson and it sparked creativity inside of me as I was thinking about that. Courtney and I had a conversation about what it means to to be God's vessel. There were songs and movies and conversations and books and, and of course the Holy Spirit I'm not, you know, I I think that we need to think through those things. and, And we really do have a short amount of time on the earth. I have 70 more years on the earth and I'm out. And this morning we were just talking about where I wanted to be buried. And I, I said, Uganda. <laughs> she said, "You mean to tell me I gotta fly your body all the way over there?" Absolutely. What well, can I cremate you? No, don't cremate me. I'll come back and get you. <laughs> and uh, and so I said, Destin, you hear this? I want to. I, I want to. I, I want you to fly me over to Uganda and bury me there. <laughs> um, and I was really serious about that. Um, so this message is, 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 is truly about the Lord and his people. So I do have some questions for you. What did God have in mind when he created people? The Lord's dream has always been to have a huge family, a big, fat family. <laughs> I like to say it. And uh, he wanted to, someone to receive his love and to give it back to him. That's what God had in mind. E.W. Uh, e. Kenya has a book called The Father and His Family. My, pa- my dad, I had many conversations with my dad, Pastor Johnny D- Dixon, when, growing up. And, and I remember us talking about this, that it's about the family, the father and his family. That shaped my life in a way that everything that I, I've done is to give God some more children. We should be about him. About that business. And there, and my dad took me to, I think it's Plainsboro. I'm not quite sure where, but I remember as a teenager, I had to be 17, 18. And he took, he took me to go see this woman um, who was preaching at a small church. Her name um, is uh, Dr. Fuchsia Pickett. And she was the woman that influenced Dr. Miles Moreau. She was um, Dr. Miles Moreau's spiritual mother. And she's a short. she was a short white lady, kind of humped a little bit, like a humpback, like just a little bit. But she was older in age. And guess what this woman did? Here I am, 17, and I just got finished hearing her ministering, and she ministered in a way that was powerful. We went two or three nights, and I was standing by my dad. She came over to me, and she talked to me. I didn't know who she was, and she, she actually taught me. It gave me some nuggets how to release the Holy Spirit in my life as a teacher. And to this day, there's times that I I may be in my study or I may be here at the office or in the car, and before I preach, I sit down and I have conversations with the Holy Spirit, and He just comes. And she taught me that. She says, the Holy Spirit has a classroom. He'll come. He'll teach you. And at the time, I was trying to make it happen. It wasn't happening. But years later, I now am enrolled in the classroom of the Holy Spirit. And he'll just begin to teach me. And just like this woman of God, since that time, she's been ho- she went home to be with the Lord. But it, this gospel is really about, and the Bible and Christianity is about God and his family. To say that the Bible is all about God then every page should just be God, 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 God. But we see God intervening in the lives of people. We see people responding to God. We see the nature of humanity.
2: The Lord's dream will be fulfilled.
1: He wants other sons and daughters just like Jesus. I said this before, and it bears repetition. When I was a kid, I heard a song by John P. Key, called, I want to be like Jesus, and did not know why, you know, I didn't know why it was so important for us to be like Jesus. Then I asked the Holy Spirit one day, I said, why do we, why do I need to be like Jesus? And he said to me, on the inside of me, when I say he spoke to me, I'm not saying that I heard an audible voice. I probably can count on one finger how many times I've heard the audible voice of God. I heard the Holy Spirit say on the inside of me, he says, Because Jesus and I have unhindered ongoing fellowship. And so the more you and I are like Jesus, the more you and I can have this ongoing fellowship. The Lord is after relationship. And our relationship with God grows into fellowship. Fellowship can only be birthed from relationship. Christianity is not a religion. It's a family a family in his children, a father in his children. No other religion can say this. Christianity is more than a creed and is more than doctrines. Matthew 22 reminds us of this, that the greatest commandments are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. So our love is incomplete if we only love God. And our love is also incomplete if we only love people. Love is only complete if we love God and love people. At one point, I wanted to go up in the mountains and live there and pray all the time as you know, just had a hunger and still do have a hunger for the things of God and wanting God and at all costs, getting God. I want God. I want God. I remember being a teenager and just craving and my flesh crying out. I want God. I listened to gospel music because I want God. My friends thought I was crazy because all I wanted to listen to is, is music that will increase my love for Jesus. And I, as a teenager, I listened to sermons and I bought sermons, cassettes and CDs and listened to, I would steal my dad's sermons and listen to them because I wanted Jesus. And I tell you, the more I began to yearn for Jesus, the more my heart for people increased. You cannot separate your love for God from people. Danny Gokey has a song called Love God. And love people. I mean, it boils down to that. Loving God and loving people. So this, that song attributed, contributed to this sermon series. Um, and, I, and I tell you that the more we love God, the more we love people. You cannot separate your love for God from people. You cannot say, I love God, but I hate the church. They have a different God. His reign is upon the just and the unjust. And I say this again, God wants you and he needs you. Not in the sense that we know that God is all sufficient. I'm not talking about the fact that he needs you to be God. He needs you to do your part. And if he don't, he'll go after your children. And if your children doesn't obey and comply, he'll go after your grandchildren. He's going to get glory in your lineage somehow. Whether you're a prostitute or a pimp or a lawyer or a doctor or a husband or a father, a mother, you know, a a wife, employer, whatever the case, whatever status,
2: he he wants you and he needs you. I'm here to tell you, you're God's best. I'm going to show you this from Genesis. You're God's best. There's no other creation like you and I.
1: Go to Genesis chapter, well, before we go to Genesis chapter 1, let's go to John chapter 1. So Genesis chapter 1, I've been thinking about this quite some time. And You think about Genesis in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But John decides to go further than Genesis 1, and he goes back to the very beginning. How many know that God, there is no beginning with God? He, 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 there's a beginning with us, but God has always existed. John chapter 1 verse 1 In the beginning was what? The Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was, okay, Um, Jehovah's Witnesses will remove that and say He was a God. Uh, Verse 2, He was in the beginning, talking about Jesus, He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. So we see from this scripture that everything was made by Jesus. Jesus is the Creator. He's not just a prophet. He's not just a good man. He he is um, the God man, the man who is 100% human and 100% God. He is the God man. And we know from Philippians 2, he emptied himself and became a man and obedient even to the point of death. He became a servant, as most translations says in the Greek, it's a slave. He became a slave. And God, Jesus, and we'll get into this, Jesus displayed to us what a human should be like. The more human that you and I become, the more Jesus-like we become like. Jesus is the epitome of what a human being should be like. That changed my mind. Most of us have heard to be human is, oh, I'm just human. And people have used that in a negative connotation of, of, of being sinful and, and making mistakes. But I say to be human is to be Christ-like. Jesus is the perfect example of a man or a human, the way that we should be like. Glory to God. The way that he lived and the way the things that he said and, and, and the way he obeyed the Father. Jesus did not minister as God. He ministered as a man. Acts chapter 10, verse 38 says that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit who went about doing good. And so God doesn't need to be anointed, but man does. Jesus is the son of God, which speaks of his deity, and he's the son of man, which speaks of his humanity. And Jesus ministered as a man, anointed by God. He did not minister as God. Now, when he died on the cross... He died as the divine Son of God. We'll get into that. Go to Genesis chapter 1. So, who's the creator? Jesus is. Jesus is the creator. So, he's not just a prophet, but he is the God man. Verse 1 In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So, we see that uh, there is a beginning. There is a beginning for humanity. God is the creator. He created the heavens and the earth. And many times and many scholars agree, and I agree with this, that there are three different heavens. There's the heavens that you see, there's the outer in outer space, and then the th- there's the third heaven. And so we see that God created he- the heavens in the earth. Verse two, and the earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was ho- hovering over the face of the waters. So we see that the earth was without form. Now, many have suggested that there was some type of um, drama that took place. we Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I don't believe that there was a pre-Adamic race prior to Adam. I believe, and I cannot explain everything. I don't know. I can't tell you that where the dinosaurs came from. <laughs> But we, we can discuss that when we get to heaven. <laughs> um, perhaps you get some type of revelation and we can sit down and talk about it. Over oh, a nice, healthy spinach salad. <laughs> Olive oil as your dressing. and With some garlic in the midst of it. <laughs> so you can have breath to knock people out. <laughs> um, so we see that this earth was void. Notice that the Spirit of God was waiting for something. He was hovering, hovering, hovering over the face of the earth, face of the waters. You may be going through some darkness in your life, but the Holy Spirit is there with you. He's there in darkness. Look at verse three. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And we see that when God the Father spoke, the word of God gives us de- details and tells us that the Spirit of God moved. So if you begin to speak God's word, the spirit of God will move. If you're not saved and you're by yourself and and, and the spirit of God is there with unbelievers, he's there to draw them to Christ. And so when that unbeliever agrees with God and says what God says, the spirit of God will create a new spirit within them. And so we see from this in verse four, and God saw that the light was good and God separated the light from darkness. God called the light day. He called the darkness night and there was evening and there was morning the first day. So if you're not happy about the way things are night and day, you just want it to be day all the time or night, you can blame God. God created the light in the day. He knew exactly what he was doing. And you know that God is a God of purpose. He does everything. On purpose. And he talks about how he that he separated the waters and 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 there was fruit and and he that there there was plant yielding seeds according to their own kindness and, and trees bearing fruit in which there is seed, each according to his kind, and God saw it and that it was good. So notice that God spoke it, then he saw what he spoke come to pass, and he declared that it was good. He, that's how he created the world. He didn't go and, 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 and just do some things with his hands, but he spoke the world into existence. Go, go with me to verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping Creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So we see God the Father declaring to the other two members of the Godhead, let us make man in our image. Let us. He spoke to Jesus. He spoke to the, the Holy Spirit. Let us. I love that the fact that it this lets us know that there are different God, there are different members of the Godhead. Let us make man in our image. There's no other creation that he said this about. We're the only crea- creatures that are, that are made in the image of God and according to his likeness. In one sense, we are in God's class. Let me kick down the sacred cow. We are in God's class in this sense, that we are spirit beings. John chapter 4, verse 24 it says, God is spirit. And we know from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, go ahead and put that up. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, it, it, Paul is praying that, that your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved until, the blame, uh, until blameless until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I just jacked that scripture up. And, and, and the spirit part of us is the part of us that's made in the image and likeness of God. Now, concerning the, okay, thank you. Um, no, that's not it. <laughs> it's verse 23. First, that's chapter 5, verse 23. It says this, um, and uh, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, everybody say spirit, spirit. and soul, and body. Be kept blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We see from here that Paul lets us know that we are trichotomy. We are a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. And so God made us in his image. He made us as speaking spirits. Once we die, our spirit and our soul will depart either to heaven or to hell, and our bodies will be dead. So we are a three-part being. We, notice this that we have a beginning, but no ending. God has no beginning nor ending, so we'll never be God. So don't get it twisted to say He's preaching that we're little gods in that sense. We're not. but we' are in his class, in his class, in the sense that he is a spirit. He is spirit. John chapter four verse 24. "They that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. So we are spirit beings. Animals are not spirit beings. But we are, and we have souls, and we live in a body. We have a beginning.
2: We have no ending. So to, we're going to live somewhere. We're going to live somewhere. We created in his style, his class. We are creative beings just like he is. Notice this.
1: I believe that all of us have some kind of creativity about us. We can create things.
2: Uh, At the bare minimum, we create other. We procreate. We create other beings. Come on, come on, come on. And, And that is unique. We create spirit beings, things that will never end. And it's not always up to God. How many children you have? They got quiet in here. It's up to us if your body can handle it. Come on.
1: God told me to have only two. Okay, Mr. Deep, Mrs. Deep, go ahead. Or God told me not to have any. Okay, that's... But I'm telling you that people in the world who don't know God have as many kids as they desire. It's give or take, I mean. And so I want, to, I want you to know that we are creative beings. One conversation was a and I used to have conversations all the time, and we, things would just go off in me. Um, Pastor Brandon, beloved, this series, the way that it came about, I had these thoughts, and we were having conversations, and all the stuff, creativity started happening. When you in behind, when you push your back is behind the wall, push back towards the wall. Sometimes it it allows you to tap into creativity. When you run out of money, and you don't know what to do. Creativity kicks in. That is a part of God. God made us like that. He made us in the sense of being creative beings that we can create the world, our world, not planets and so forth. I'm not talking about that. But God has made us stewards of our world. We are people. In the image of God, everybody, save and unsaved, they are image bearers of God Almighty. So be careful how you deal with people, even to the point how you deal with animals. We see a prophet who got mad and decided to try to strike a donkey, because God used the donkey to speak to him, and an angel prevented him from hitting his beast. So God who is a meticulous God, and he's concern, he, 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 he concerned about his creation. He's concerned about, he makes sure that birds are fed every day. Come on. This is, this is who we're dealing with. How much more, Jesus said, you and I. He clothes the grass, the ground with grass and lilies, and he'll clothes you and I.
2: I'm telling you, we are something to brag about. I know that there's a temptation of
1: pride, but I don't think that most of us deal with that as much as we think we do. We might deal with it in the sense of false humility, but you are God's best. There are no other creatures that is at the right hand of the Father, but you and I are. Ephesians 1 says we've been raised together with Christ and we're seated in heavenly places at his right hand. There are no angels at his right hand. (laughs) And and the Bible even says, I'm giving all my my sermon away. The Bible says that angels desire to look into the salvation that we have. We got a song and we got a story that the angels can't testify to. And we already see in the Psalms, in Psalm 8, we're about to go there, and how the angels, I imagine, are saying, why is it that you're mindful of humans? What is so special? Your favorite creatures. We are God's favorite creatures. He loves animals. He loves the earth. But he has a whole lot more love for human beings. Glory to God.
2: God made the earth for people. Yes,
1: We're not God and never will be, but we are created in his class and his style in the sense that we are creative beings like he is. We create, we create our world like he created his world. And if you don't like his, you don't like your world, change it. You. Change your world. Hey. Change your world. Amen. The I, 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 song that came out when I was born, not on the day that I was born, in the same year um, that I was
2: born, it was um, the midnight train to Georgia. And she says, I'd much rather live
1: in his world than live in mine. (laughs) And so I want you to know, come on, get the revelation. We got to create a world for the world to want to live in. We got to produce some fruit that they can partake of. They can desire this love that we have. Then they say that we should know that the world would know that we are Christians by our T-shirts, by our music, but by our love. The world has gone crazy. They're going crazy over love. They are hungry for love, real love. And yet there's some lack of joy. There's some lack of peace. And if we'll produce those things, we'll be a great advertisement for the creator. Glory to God. And so we, verse verse 7, it says, God created man in his own image. And in the image of God, he created him, male and female. And God blessed them. Everybody say, God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So we see the, the mandate of God commanding us to reign and to rule on the earth. Now, I believe, my cousin just asked this of me yesterday, that I believe that the reason why God created humans is to be a reflection of what he does in heaven. I believe that before the fall that God had in his mind that they are to be vice regents and there should be representations of me on the earth. Just like I'm ruling in heaven, I want them to rule on the earth. What scripture do you have? I'm glad you asked. In Revelation, it says this, that in the millennial reign of Christ, we're going to reign with him. And if you don't learn how to reign now, Jesus is going to teach you how to reign in the millennial. We're to reign with him. Glory to God. The the apostle John says, I see Jesus, I'm paraphrasing it, riding on a white horse with ten thousands of his saints. Jude said the same thing, quoting Enoch that he sees the son of man, the son of God, the word of God riding on a horse. I'll be riding with him. (laughs) I'm telling you, I want us all to be riding with him, reigning and ruling. And the Bible says that Jesus is called the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. Some of us have allocated it to natural kings and natural lords, but I'm telling you, if he's lord of anybody, he's lord of the believer. Yes. yes. So he's not lord over unbelievers. He's lord over the believers. He's he's king over the believers. And so you and I are lords, and we're kings. We're ruling and reigning according to Romans 5 through the one who died for us and was raised for our justification. He washed us with his blood so that we can be in right position to receive our rulership. So we can reign on this earth like he reigns in heaven. Because wherever we go, he goes. You can't get closer to anybody than actually being inside of them. And he got inside of us. I'm telling you, he's not inside of animals. He's not inside of his angels or demons. He's inside of the believer. And the believer is called the temple of the Holy Spirit. I heard Jonathan McReno says he's building a cathedral for him, for himself. He's building a cathedral. We are, I know that's night little soul, religious, sacred cow that says, Lord, make me a build me, make me a sanctuary. We are already a sanctuary. I'm not trying to be one. When, he got, when we got born again, the blood made us a sanctuary. We were qualified to receive the Holy Ghost. He doesn't dwell in a temple that is unholy because he made us holy. He qualified the temple, cleansed the temple, drove out the devil and his cohorts and set up shop inside of us. Jesus says the kingdom of God is inside of you. Glory to God. Before it's manifested on the outside, it got to be on the inside of you. It's an inside-outside kingdom. It starts on the inside and one day it's going to manifest on the outside. For the apostle John said this, that I, the kingdoms of this world, has become the kingdom of our God and his Christ. There's one day that this kingdom, that what we've been praying, Lord, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. That prayer will be answered in full manifestation, and this earth will be set up, be a setup for the kingdom of God. Glory to God. That's enough to go home. Go to Psalm 8. Psalm number 8. Psalm 8. Psalm 8. I'm telling you, God is after people. He created people for himself. Paul said this in Corinthians. That man is made for God. You know, he was talking about meat. And sometimes I know we love, some of us, we love food. But really, the food is to serve us. And we shouldn't be serving the food. The belly should serve us and not us, the belly. Paul said this, I believe in Philippians. He says, they've made their belly their gods. You know, some people have made their belly their appetite their god. Let's 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 deny that. No, you're not king. If, if, if he wants me to fast, I'll fast. I deny myself for my king. Psalm eight. Let's look at verse one. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. His name is majestic in all the earth. All the way. I, I don't like the saying you can do wh- whatever you want with it. I don't like the saying let's make him famous. He's already famous. Even if people don't know who he is, his creation has made him him famous. Romans 1 says this, that his creation is this handiwork. And even if they don't ever hear the gospel, they have evidence that he is this. (laughs) <laughs> Come on. I know I'm talking better than y'all saying amen. That, that creation, the Bible says the heavens declare his glory. So if you don't get a preacher, you got creation preaching to you all the time. Every time you wake up, when you see the sun, you, he's preaching to you. When you see the moon and the stars, he's preaching to you. When you see the trees, it's preaching to you. When you see creation, it's preaching to you. This is the evidence against humanity. There's no excuse. You know there is a God. I love to talk to atheists. To let them know that there is something on the inside of Ecclesiastes, God has placed eternity in all human- humanity and on the inside of every humanity, there is a desire, something No, they know their God exists. And the Bible says in Romans 1, they have suppressed the truth. They have denied it and tried to cover up their conscience. That's why God needs you to be a voice of his, his word, a standard. Your life is a standard of his word. Your voice is what he uses to speak and bring a, a, be a conscience to a people that want to do their own thing. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens and out of the mouth, out of the mouth of babes and infants. You have established strength because of your foes to steal the enemy and the avenger. Number three, when I look at your heavens, I love the fact that he says your heavens, it's not my heavens, not your heavens, his heavens. And the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place. You know, God is a a designer. He said, he's like, you know, I want the moon like that. I want the sun to come out. I don't want the earth to be too close because they'll burn them up. For the sun is just like the son of man. The S-U-N, the son of righteousness, Malachi. Um, the Bible says in the new Jerusalem, we won't need any lights because the sun is the light of <laughs> new Jerusalem.
2: He dwells in a light that is unapproachable.
1: And so God has designed the earth and the universe And I'm of the persuasion. Even as a little kid, I remember thinking these things. I believe. People often say, do you believe in aliens? Do you believe there's other creatures? I do not necessarily believe those things. If you see an alien, it's a devil. I believe that it's a devil manifested. I believe people have written about it and thought they saw something. It's a demon trying to deceive people. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's that Pentecostal coming out. (laughs) But I do believe that God has set up the the solar system for the earth. I believe that everything is designed to keep earth in its place. I believe that he created the universe for the earth to to, to be what it's supposed to be. I believe that it is all about him and people. (laughs) I believe that we're the center of the universe. I know that won't go, be popular, but I do believe that. I believe that there's a reason we're not finding other creatures like us. I, think that that, I believe that there is some things that he set up just for the earth. He didn't redeem these other creatures. He redeemed us. Yeah, 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 exactly. and, and, and verse 4 says this. What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? What is it about this God? What is it about these human beings? You love these people so much. You love these creatures so much. You're real. You're willing to risk being the God of the universe
2: by coming, becoming a man. You, you, you risked it all for them. I, he, he, he didn't want to have
1: heaven without us. I don't like the song, Reckless Love. Because I don't think anything, there's nothing reckless about God. That don't mean I can't celebrate the song and what is the spirit behind it. His love is not reckless. It's purposeful. It's intentional. (laughs) And I do believe, and I'm not saying you can't. Enjoy that song. I mean, I'm not a song basher like I used to be. <laughs> I got free. <laughs> if you, you know, I understand they're just trying to express his love doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's, just, it's just reckless. It's reckless to our sinful life, right? I got it. <laughs> but, but I do believe that, that God is saying, um, you know, the scripture saying, you know, what is it about man that you care for him? Why do you care so much about these creatures? The Bible even says that our death, if you're a saint, is precious in the sight of God. He cares when one saint dies, he cares enough to cause it, call it precious. How precious is the death. And then he goes on, he says, the memory of the just shall be blessed. In other words, not the memory in the sense of remembering things, but your memory of your life is blessed. There's something about humans that God has a, if there was a weakness, it will be us. If, there, if God had a weakness, it would be you and I. He, he's like, no, no I, I can't live without them. I want to be in them. I want to be upon them. What is speaking in tongues is all about so he can be upon you. You will receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. When you got born again, he came inside. He says, that's not enough. That's not enough. I just don't want to be inside of them. i want to be upon them. Not only that, I want them to think about me all the time. <laughs> Glory to God. He, he is a jealous God. He is jealous over us. You want to see him mad? Start worshiping another God. I am jealous. That's what the Lord says. He, his name is jealous over his people. He don't want anything to have more attention than he does. He wants your first. He wants to be first and the center of your life. He wants to be the love that's controlling all of your loves. What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Verse five, "And yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings, and crown him with glory and honor." Let's stop here. So this translation is horrible. <laughs> and the, the, the translation in the Hebrew simply should, should have said something like this: "You have made him a lower, little lower than yourself, than Yahweh.
2: Not, we're not lower than angels. We're, we're a little lower than God. You crown him with
1: glory. And honor. Man, we're crowned. Nothing else is crowned with his glory. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands, have put all things under his feet. Go back to Genesis 1 as we close. So the, so the Lord is the creator of the world, not the devil, uh, not humans. And the psalmist is saying, What's the purpose of mankind? Why do we exist? Yes, we exist for the glory of God. And and we are his workmanship, our handiwork. No doubt about that. But how is this lived out? What did the Lord have in mind? Some would say worship. He he created us to worship. But then we have limited worship to just this. But I want to submit to you what worship is when you you have him, the Lord of your life in every area. When you do the thing that you were created to do and the graces that's upon your life, as you rule in your reign, then you're worshiping him. Mm -hmm. James chapter three, verse nine says that we are made in the likeness of God, that we got to be careful about blessing God and cursing people. Let me just submit this to you or not submit. Let me just tell you, don't ever curse out people. No matter how mad they make you, when you curse them out, you're cursing out the image of God. It is sinful for us to curse out people, no matter how evil or how they have yielded to their flesh or demonic spirits. We are not to curse out people because they're made in the image of God. You're talking to someone who is made in the image of a God almighty, save and unsaved. Mm -hmm. So be careful. You cannot bless God on Sunday. Oh, Lord, I bless you and curse out your neighbor when you get home because the dog pooped on your yard. (laughs) <laughs> you can't. I'm not saying you can't confront them. Don't curse them out. That's a, <laughs> you know. Hey, don't do it. Put the little sign. Please pick up poop. Or actually, don't even let them poop on my yard. <laughs> People are eternal beings. They have a beginning but no ending. They're either going to live in eternity somewhere with God, with joy, or away from His manifested presence. God took his special time in created, creating humans. He spoke other things into existence, but for the man, he got them from the dust of the ground. Let's look at this real quick as we end. Genesis chapter 2. I actually thought I could finish this in one certain setting. Verse 4. And these are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. And the day that the Lord
2: God made the earth and the heavens... Let's jump down to verse 7. Oh, let's do verse
1: 6. And a mist was going up from the land and was watering the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. The man became a living creature. So we see it wasn't just dry dirt. It was like mud. It was some type of, and, and they tell us we made, I, I, don't, I, had, I didn't fact check this, so don't crucify me. But they said we, our body is made out, out of a significant amount of water. And I believe that this speaks of the way that God has orchestrated the body. And so the Bible says he, he gathered the dust of the earth, and, he for, and I believe he formed the man. And then the Bible says he breathed the breath of life into him. And that man became a living creature. So one translation says a living soul. I believe that he he put within him his spirit. He put his spirit to quicken his mortal body. That before the fall, that man, if we wanted to see a glimpse of the way that man should have been, look at Jesus. Because Jesus is called the last Adam. And I believe that the first Adam was a prototype of what all the other Adams were going to be like. That, that 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 man was perfect in every sense of the word he he had a sharp memory and that there was something special about it. and we know verse 9 it says out of the ground of the the ground the Lord God made up to, to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight of, and good for food the tree of life was in the midst of the garden the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil jump down to verse 15 it says the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of eden to work it and keep it. So we see work was before the fall. So God does not redeem humanity from, the, from work. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, you, should not, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you should not eat. For, the day, for in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. So we see here that God made man into his image and he said to him, he says, you know what? I'm creating the perfect environment for you. Let me me submit this to you. A perfect environment does not produce perfect kids. You can have the perfect environment. Let's let's talk about God who created Lucifer. That was the perfect environment. Worship was going forth. So worship music will not stop a person making a decision to walk away. So Lucifer made a decision and deceived a third of the angels to get kicked out of heaven. And Jesus says, I saw Lucifer falling like lightning from heaven. And we see God had the perfect environment. If anybody said he's a failure, he's not a leader, right? People may leave you. People left Jesus. People people leave God all the time, right? Come on. And we see that Jesus is the epitome of a leader. We see God the father. He is the epitome of what a father is. And yet Lucifer had it in his heart. I want to be like the most high. And so we see from this scripture that he says, you know what? You know, you only know good. But the moment you eat from this, that's the moment that you're going to die. Death is going to enter in. And verse 18 says, then the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground of the Lord, out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what the man, what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. That was his thing. Let's just stop here. Uh, this is our origin. We come from God. And so here are five questions for life. I learned this from Dr. Fuchsia Pickett, who later on Dr. Miles Moreau picked this up from. And I want to share these five questions for life. One is, where did you, where did you come from? I'm not talking about your ancestry information.
2: I'm talking about where did you come from? In other words, who created you? Number two, who are you? Who are you? Number three, why are you here? Why are you here? Number four, where are you going?
1: Where are you going? Number five, where will you go when you die? The five questions of life. Where did you come from? Who are you? And why are you here, where are you going, and where will you go when you die? How many know that young people need to have answers to these questions? If a person has the answers to these questions, I'm not talking about mental, but a revelation, understanding of these answers, they would never consider suicide.
2: Where did you come from? Who are you? Why are you here? Where are you going? And where will you go when you die? These are the
1: five basic questions for life. God is a God of purpose and everything he does, he does it on purpose. And we know from Isaiah 46, verse 8 through 11, he declares the end of a thing at the beginning. He starts with the end in mind. Man was created to work and use his mind. If, you are, you're, if you're not working and using your mind, then you're out of the will of God. God gave you a mind. Notice this, that whatever the man called the animals, that's what's the name of the animals. Some of us are sitting back and asking, God, what should I name this business? What should I name my son or daughter? It's up to you. God has given you the freedom. God created marriage and not this world. And we we see this from verse 18. Let's look at verse 18 real quick. And it says, um, he's made a helper. And, and it goes on, you know the story, verse 20, the man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. And so the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took out took one of his ribs and closed, it, closed up its place with flesh. Well, We kind of know that God, um, that Adam wasn't black because no brother's going to let somebody take a rib that's a joke Come on, corny right? I told you the corny jokes <laughs> and the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man he made into a woman and brought her to the man the reason why men don't understand women because they were asleep when they were made <laughs> then the man said this is at last bone so he woke up he woke up he says bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, woman, man with a womb. No matter what you do, you can psh, all you want to. You ain't got a womb. You can't bring forth no baby. Uh, therefore, a man shall, sorry, um, she shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. And so until you leave your father and your mother and your friends, your single friends, and you still married, you married, you got to leave them jokers and become one with your spouse. Amen. Counseling one on one, marriage counseling. And the man and his wife were both naked and they were not ashamed. And we see here that God created the marriage, not man, not the world, not humanity. He, uh, he created them, and the man became a steward over the animals, and he named them. Some of you are, again, waiting for God to give you a name for everything. But he's given you the power of choice. He's given you the ability to use your mind. Uh, uh, to name some things, to create some things, to create your world. He's giving you creative abilities. Are you maximizing your potential? Do you know what's inside of you? Are you using your mind correctly? Some of us are using our minds to, to worry and to doubt God. Are you using your voice to produce life in your world? Are you dwelling Are you dwelling with the oneness of your spouse? Are you so distracted with this life that you neglect the very, besides God, your marriage is the second highest relationship. uh, uh, Yeah, relationship. And the purpose of this union is to enjoy each other and the father's command to rule and to reign. I believe all these things were, were, again, were, were to represent the purpose of God. And we know from Genesis chapter three, verse one through seven, don't have time to go over there. We see Satan questioning God's authority. And we see the woman yielding to the temptation of Satan. The Bible says the woman was deceived and not Adam. So Adam knew what he was doing. Nothing happened with the woman eating the fruit. But when the man ate the fruit, everything changed. And together we see them walking away from the commands of the Lord. And we know from here that shame entered in, fear came, blame was birthed as a result of this fall. This is the fall of humanity. Humanity fell from a place of grace and of favor to a place of sin and disgrace. The Bible says that God drove them out, had a car. He drove them out. He drove them out. Why are bad things happening to good people? Because of the fall. Why are there sex trafficking? Because of the fall. Why why is it there's famine in the world? Because of the fall. And now we see in Romans 1 that humanity, God created man and woman to invent things for his glory. Now we see that men are creating evil things. In Romans 1, you and I are inventors. And we're called to invent things for the glory of God. We are to, we're called to, to, to GLOW. So I'm going to leave you with GLOW. GLOW acronym for something. GLOW. Number one is to go back to God's original plan for humanity. You and I need to go back to Eden, as Donna Lawrence said. We need to go back to God's original plan for humanity. What did God have in mind when he created human beings? And number two, we're to live our life like God intended prior to the fall. We're to live our lives
2: like God intended before the fall. Number three, we got to own our world like God owns his. Let's own this world. Every man and woman has a world within this world. You change a heart, you change a world.
1: Everybody has a world. You have a group of friends. You have a family. You have a world within the world. Own it. Learn learn how to create your world correctly. If there's chaos in your world, bring order. Your world of finances, your world of health, your world of mental health, your world, whatever your world is you you bring or you, you some of us are waiting for God to do something. Oh Lord, help me to lose this weight. Jesus. And Lord said, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do about it? Lord, give me out of debt. What are you going to do about it? You got to put your hands to something. Help me to pass this exam. What have you studied? Lord, help me to become wealthy. Do you even know about wealth? Lord, help me, help me to produce works for the glory of God. Well, what does the Bible talk about works? You got to use your mind. You got to use your faith. Own your world. Change your world. I mean, before men and women fall in the public, they have already fallen in their world. Before they turn away and walk away from God, they've already turned away and dethroned him for the lordship of where he was sitting on the throne of their world. And it was the kingdom of God, now it's the kingdom of self and the kingdom of the enemy. What kind of kingdom do you have on the inside of you? Who's sitting on the throne of your heart? Paul prayed it like this in Ephesians 3. I pray that, the, that Christ may dwell in your heart. He's talking to Christians. I pray that Christ may dwell in your heart. Pray that Christ is the only one who's, the, who's on the throne of your heart. So own your world. And the last one is to widen your world. To widen your world. Let's, Matthew 28, let's widen our world. Let, let, let's, let's go after that which is precious to, pe- to the Lord, his people. And this, my friend, is the beginning of our series, the People series. It is a people centered gospel. It is, a, it is about God and us together. The Bible says in Jeremiah, as well as Hebrew, in 1 Corinthians 7. I will be their God, Revelation also, and they'll be my people. He wants to be God to us. He's A lot of ways, he's not even God
2: to the world, but he wants to be your God. Let him throw his Godhood on your life. Let him be your God.
1: Let him be your Lord. Let him be your master. The word Lord is mentioned over 6,000 times in the Bible, and it means master. Let him be the master of your life, your world. Welcome him. See, the world was made by him, but he came to his own and his own rejected him. Don't reject him from being the master of your world. Own. What is number G? G? What number G? Letter G. Go back to God's original plan. Go back to the beginning.
2: L. Live in the way that God intended. O. O? Own Own your world. W, widen your world. Father God, I thank you. You made us with purpose. So Lord, help us to be people of purpose.
1: Help us to fulfill the original mandate you gave to Adam and Eve.
2: Help us to work, to maintain, to keep, to guard, to obey the commandment, the commandments of the Lord. Let us avoid the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Help us to own this. Help us to create our world through our words and our faith and our actions.
1: Help us to set up our world that will reflect the way that you have in heaven. You said, Jesus pray that thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the way that you are running heaven, run our world through our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
0: Glory to God. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org.